He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the Thursday, <clears throat> and welcome to February. Can you believe it? Today is February the 1st. You know, I let Barry do the show one day without me, and the market tanks on him. So I'm back today, and we've <laughs> got a we good day be, going right? on in the market. Come on. This is Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. It is the best stocks now show. There weren't many of those yesterday in the market. But look, you know, we are so overdue for some kind of a, a, a reckoning, a little reckoning with valuations here. But we're having a good day. We're off to a good start here today. We're not getting back all that we lost yesterday, but some. And the NASDAQ is up 113 points to 15,277. The Dow is up a meager 44 points. Microsoft, the biggest winner in the Dow so far after their earnings yesterday. 38,194, hovering at or near all-time highs. The S&P 500 also hovering at or near all-time highs. It did get up above 4,900 here this week. We're at 4,866 yesterday after yesterday's big spill. The S&P is up 20 points. The Russell 2000 uh, is up three-quarters of a percent. Crude oil's up 51 cents to 76.36. And, uh, you know, whatever Jerome Powell said and uh, it did drive down earnings or did drive down interest rates were 3.89 on the 10 year today uh, and gold's at 2067 bitcoin is at 42,659 so welcome to today's best stocks now show with professional money manager bill gunderson president of gunderson capital management i was on a little business yesterday barry did the show the market tanked i'm back today yeah you're market's exactly. looking okay today it's like uh the clean clean up on aisle two edition of, of the best yes. stocks now well get your mop look, in now. let's clean this thing up a little bit those fabulous seven okay four of them have reported now uh did tesla report yeah tesla reported yeah okay so four out of seven are reported there was so much optimism and so much growth built into those stocks that even when you come in and beat earnings by a little bit uh, you're going to see a sell-off because they're looking for knock it out of the park earnings and i just didn't see that happen i did not see that scenario coming for amd or microsoft or google the big three that reported yesterday i guess the market did expect uh, more than was delivered and by the end of the day, you know, the NASDAQ was down 345 points. Well, it's been on a tear uh, for the last couple of months, two or three months, and there was a heck of a lot of optimism uh, that was built into that, uh, baked into that cake. And then, of course, towards the end of the day, if it wasn't enough that the earnings were, like, not spectacular, I mean, they weren't fireworks, uh, when they reported earnings, I didn't see any fireworks in the sky. They were good, but uh, not enough to support some of the, uh, you know, the fluff that's been built into these stocks. But then when Jerome Powell came and said, there will be no rate cuts in March, then you really saw the selling accelerate. 
which the market seems to be over it already because it's up today. Well, and that was an ingredient, of course, that that, that you know, folks had built into into that cake, right? Was uh, was was rate cuts sooner than later? You and you and I have certainly been in the camp of that being, uh, you know, later uh, than you know, than March. But uh, yeah, he pretty much flat out uh, it was almost like he just you know tore up the script. He's like, okay, I'm tired of these questions. Uh, yeah, you, you know, I don't see one in March. Bill was right again. That's, that's the old saying around these parts. And uh, there was no way there was going to be a rate cut in March after the bout of inflation that we had, the hottest bout of inflation we've had since the Jimmy Carter era. And, uh, you know, so Barry is right. I mean, the reason why the stocks were so high is because it was in the multiple side of things. In the multiple, if you get a rate cut in March, that's going to, they had already baked in a higher multiple for the S&P 500 for the market. I've been talking about the multiple of the market at 21. That's ridiculous. That's the forward P of the market. Why is it at 21? Because it was in anticipating a rate cut, which there's no way there was going to be one. So anyways, the market's always overcorrect on the upside and they overcorrect on the downside. Somewhere in the middle is the truth. And I've just found over the years you can't paint the whole market with a broad brush. It comes down to the individual stocks. I mean, if you own an index fund, the index funds got clobbered yesterday. You don't have much control with an index. You're at the mercy of the market. Uh, and if you're, you know, if you have individual stocks, uh, you have a lot more control. You can do hedging. Uh, you don't have to have all NASDAQ stocks. You know, our best performer yesterday kind of got lost under the under the radar of the big uh, three of the Fabulous Seven reporting. Did you see Novo Nordisk up yesterday, 5.5%? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, uh, it was uh, It's funny. They, I, think it's the, I think it's the first time they've been over half a billion, so that's, they're the second company to ever go over uh, half a billion and uh, – I thought it was funny that the fact that you've got the, the two most expensive companies in Europe, one is uh you know, one one's in the weight loss business and the other one's in the luxury brand business. Yeah, you <laughs> go stay at a Louis Vuitton hotel, you gain weight. It's like uh, uh, it's like fashion week. I mean, it's like fashion week in uh, Paris apparently, right? You got yeah. uh, handbags, handbags and uh <laughs> and Wagovi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those handbags. Maybe if they put a little bottle of Wagovi in them, you know, they'll sell better. Three of the fabulous seven stumbled yesterday: Microsoft, Google, and AMD. It's not that like they reported a big slowdown in in sales and earnings. It's just that you know, so much was expected. Now, if that's not enough, here we got three more coming in uh, tonight after the close. Just equally as important as those three. 15% of the S&P 500 between those three. <laughs> this yeah, and, the, and then the three yesterday, you've got 30% yeah. of the earnings of the S&P 500 that is now concentrated uh, in these seven stocks. And tonight we're going to get Amazon, Apple, uh, and Meta, okay? I don't expect a lot from Apple. I mean, I don't think they have a big hit with their latest version of the iPhone, uh, we sold our Apple uh, last year. We just don't think that the uh, the glitz is there anymore. They're not waiting in line for that new record to come out like we used to. With you know, in a beat when the Beatles would release a new 45, there'd be a line, and there used to be a line for the Apple uh, 
uh, iPhones as they came out with all the new bells and whistles. We're past that. Uh, Amazon will report, ah, you know what? I would expect nothing really, really exciting other than they continue to strip away market share from uh, all of the bricks and mortar shopping from everything, <laughs> from everything, and the hardware stores and uh, electric bikes, UP, everybody. <laughs> Yet they're not a monopoly, uh, you know. And then Meta, I would expect a pretty good report from Meta, and uh, I think we didn't expect great reports yesterday from uh, AMD. Not that it was bad; it just. You know, that AI is not really there yet for AMD. We learned that last week with Intel. When I saw an analyst was talking about uh, you know, the AMD sandbagging and the fact that they're only, uh, I think, uh, guiding $3.5 billion in the uh in the uh, in the AI guidance, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. They may, yeah. may be managing that number a bit. Who knows? Yeah. So, anyways, you know the the AI is still out there, which is good. I mean, the market trades on future expectations, and the future expectations for those uh, fabulous seven. Other than the one that I think is in the biggest trouble of all, and that uh, we sold it about a, a month ago, is Tesla. It just seems like every day there's more bad news for Tesla. Now is yeah. now is pay package under uh, you know under uh, yeah. under attack. I mean, so now what fifty? What if somebody gave you a fifty-five billion dollar pay package and what five years later they're like, ah, he's got to pay some back? Yeah, I don't is think what they gonna... want. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're out to get Elon. Elon is not the uh, you know even though he's probably done more for global warming than any other exec. Well, for sure, you can say that. And any other CEO in history, his uh, his buy of Twitter seemed to be his undoing there uh, as far as being popular uh, with the globalist in the world and whatnot. And they seem out to get him uh, with strikes at his plants. Uh, I mean, just one thing after another, not going after his pay package. Jeffrey Gundlach, our friend who's usually wrong, says the Fed crushed Goldilocks for investors yesterday. He likes to come out with these dramatic statements. Uh, it kept interest rates unchanged. He's a bond guy. He's a bond guy. Yes. So you, you, you want you want to be pessimistic. If you're selling bonds, you want to be pessimistic because you want interest rates to go down. Gundlach <laughs> says he believes the market was blindly optimistic, pricing everything for protection. For once, I agree with him. Uh, you know, we have a very overbought, uh, overpriced market, but that's not to say there's not opportunities within the market. We'll be right back. Back to the second quarter of today's Best Stocks Now show. Well, I see that uh, Boeing suspends their forecast for 2024 amid safety issues with the 737 MAX. And, uh, you know, uh, initially, Boeing also reported earnings yesterday. Boeing was way down, and then it finished up. Seems to be kind of going sideways here in the 208 area. In the meantime, my wife and I are on just a little business trip. We've She made sure we flew down on an Airbus 
uh, I said, you know, you could tell Airbus they have the little curve out there on the end of the wing. But we're going back today on a Boeing, so uh, she's taking tranquilizers. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, look, um, that's a bad deal there. And, and, you know, how does it show up in earnings for Boeing? We don't know yet, but I've seen uh, some negative earnings uh, forecast out there for the next couple of years. But now I see them starting to firm up. Let's not forget that Boeing in uh, 2019 lost $3.50 per share. In 2020, they lost $23 per share. In 2021, they lost $9.43 per share. Uh, in 2022, they lost $11 per share. Is this the kind of company you want to invest in? Uh, in 2023, they're expected to finish up with a loss of about $5.81 per share. Right now, the estimate for this year sits at $3.94. But obviously, with them suspending guidance, how can you even come up with any kind of an earnings estimates? Uh, earnings estimate for the company. So, you know, it would not be a stock that I would be interested in owning at uh, the current time. And just a lot of, you know, just a lot of headline risk, a lot of risk that you can't really, uh, you can't really quantify, hence why they're not, uh, why they're not giving any guidance. Yes. And uh, it looks like the global world banks are pretty much in sync with one another as uh, we are in a global economy. We did not do anything with our interest rates yesterday. Uh, And Bank of England today kept their rate steady. But they're clear up at 5.25. I mean, there's historically uh, pretty high rates, uh, especially in England. We continue, the U.S. continues to be really the only investable country. From my perspective, that hasn't always been true. I mean, I've seen years in the market. Best stocks now is a relative thing. It moves around from year to year. But I haven't seen where, I I can't say that Europe's a better place to invest right now than the U.S., and I definitely can't say that China is a better place to invest right now in the U.S., Uh, this continues to be the best place. So that means a lot. If you have a 401k at work, I've said this before, and I've been saying this now for several years, I just wouldn't have any exposure, even though the asset allocation models and the... And the, uh, you know, the uh, not having all your eggs in one basket, the diversification, you should have 20% exposure to the emerging markets. I'm just more strategic than that. And uh, I think there's times when there's a lot of asset classes out there that you don't want to have any exposure to. Like the bond market last year uh, in the face of a Hurricane Westwind, you know. Anyways, U.S. employers announced 82,000 job cuts. Should we be worried there? There's a... The job yeah, cuts. You know, was, I went through some of the the, the layoffs yesterday. Just you know, it, 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 it's interesting because it's you know, it's it's a it, it's a few here and a few here, right? Uh, you know, it, it, it's I saw, you know, whether it's UPS with twelve hundred people, you know, twelve thousand, you know, people. I saw, um, I think it's Enbridge, the the largest pipeline in Canada. They let go of you know six hundred and fifty people. Well. When you look at the math, they they employ twelve thousand people. It's that's five percent of their workforce, you know. Yeah. Um, and so you get into these. I think uh, recently, I think uh, Salesforce announced they're going to let go one percent of their workforce, right? Um, and so you've got a lot of these. You know, it just seems to be 
uh, you know, little cuts, right? And of course, you know, if one of those cuts is your is your job, right? Well, then yeah, it's, then it's, it's not it's a big so deal. little, right? Yeah. Um, and you know, but it's you know, and as we go through, even the weekly jobless claims, I think today kind of ticked up, and we're around uh, two hundred and I want to say it was two hundred twenty four thousand. I think I saw that number right. Um, but the uh, yeah, two hundred twenty four rose by nine thousand. But like we've said, we've been um, you know you got to really get to that three hundred thousand number yeah. right before uh, you have an issue on the employment side. So it's, yeah. uh, some of this is just I think some of this is just right sizing by some of these companies. That yeah, are- and you know, look, I mean, people are at record bookings of cruises at Royal Caribbean, right? I mean, it just goes on and on. The hotel stocks are all hitting new highs. Uh, the restaurants are doing well, so there's there doesn't seem to be anything wrong with the consumer. Uh, you know that shows up when you start getting layoffs and people are out of work and they're scared about their next paycheck. That we are not at that point right now at all. Well, European confidence, I think, just hit. Uh, I think it was the highest number since uh, I want to say some some early 2021. So <laughs> the consumer yeah. consumer is feel, still feeling good out there, and they're the out there spending. Euro inflation 2.8. That seems to be another kind of global number. We're right around under three percent. So right in there. Now here's the one I want to end with this half because. I don't know if you went over this story at all. I, f- I found this story to be quite shocking, really. Ken Griffin's a smart guy. He's oh, one of the yeah, best hedge fund managers. I, did, I, did, I had there. it on my list. I didn't get to it because yeah. there was so much well, news. I'm going to mention it today. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, go he for left it. New York and went down to Miami. He says that a rupture between China and Taiwan. Now, how likely is that? Pretty likely, okay, at some point in time. He said it could cause the U.S. a great depression. He said that, uh, you know, we often lose sight of the fact that the Chinese economy represents 1.4 billion people. And he said if those Taiwan semiconductor makers were, were shut down or, or, or there was a disruption there, like an invasion of China, of Taiwan, he says how soon would it be before Tesla has to shut down their plant? Boeing has to shut down their plant, on and on and on. Our car manufacturers would have to shut down their plants because we have a world now that it feeds on semiconductors and technology. And uh, Taiwan builds 80% of the semiconductors in the world. So that's not about, something yeah, to take about, lightly. Right, and they talked about two, you know, two, the two biggest economies, right, in the world would be, you know, potentially at odds with one yeah. another, right? And that, uh, uh, that would, you know, ripple effect not just in terms of a Great Depression here, but, uh, you know, uh, depression around the, the globe. I mean, so. Yes, and, uh, you know, I mean... The scenario of a, uni- a, a unification of China is not that far-fetched. Uh, so anyways, look, it's our, there's always a lot of worries out there in the market, but the fact that all of this semiconductor manufacturing is so highly focused and centered in one country in the world, uh, and let's not forget that our relations with China right now, they're looking to get back at us. Uh, for for blocking them out of NVIDIA's chips and whatnot. And uh, that would be a natural move for them to make uh, for payback to us. That's why we're active. We're not passive. We're not index investors. We're not buying old forever. 
uh, the Bogleheads of the world, John Bogle. you got to have to be a little bit uh, on guard uh, in this world that we live in today. Okay, the next trillion-dollar stocks when we come back. This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Welcome back here to the uh, <clears throat> second half of today's Best Talks Town show. Well, boy, the market already seems to be over its temper tantrum yesterday with uh, not getting a rate cut in March. <laughs> oh, I swear, the market sometimes is just really crazy. But the Dow's up 135 today. It's getting back half of what it lost yesterday. The NASDAQ's up uh, 127 right now. Now, that all could change. Uh, after the close of the market today, when Amazon, Apple, and uh, and Facebook, otherwise known as Meta, uh, will report, uh, those will be some very very big reports. You know, it was uh, I, I was listening to Bloomberg Radio the other day, and uh, I heard the manager of the Norwegian Wealth Fund. You know that that's the biggest sovereign wealth fund in the world, uh, Norges Bank. Really, even and, even bigger uh, than the even bigger uh, than the, the the Saudi one, huh? Yeah, it says that uh, uh, it is the world's largest sovereign wealth fund, Norges Bank Investment wow. Management. And I listened to the guy, and I said, he sounds just like me. <laughs> there must be more to it than just being, uh, you know, having. I'm half Norwegian, I <laughs> yeah, guess, is what right. I am. And uh, he's probably all Norwegian, but you know what? He was talking exactly the things I've been telling you here on the air for the last 20 years or so. But here uh, is uh, a a lead story today in uh, Seeking Alpha. Weight loss drug makers Eli Lilly and Novo Nordisk could be the first healthcare stocks to achieve the $1 trillion mark. Wow. In market capitalization, says Norges Bank Invest, and that's what I heard him saying uh, in his radio interview, and I totally agree with him. Novo Nordisk, despite a terrible day in the market yesterday, had blowout earnings. It was absolutely blowout earnings, and the stock was up five and a half percent. So you don't have to just own the fat. There are stocks outside of the fabulous seven. From all walks of life, uh, from all different industries. I don't know. I do weird things. I was noticing people's shoes as I was flying on the plane, and I noticed a lot of the men are wearing these Hoka shoes, Barry. Hoka's. <laughs> that's yes, my yeah. Decker stock. Yeah, that's your, uh, no pun intended, that's your boots on the ground. That's how yes. you're out there noticing what's going on in the world. And I love my Hoka's. There's a lot of spring in my step that there didn't used to be, and a lot of... Uh, it just seems spongy. I just kind of like the support of it. I never did really like my Nike shoes. I never raved about them. 
Uh, and I don't know how many women on the plane are wearing elf cosmetics. I have no idea. But there's stocks from all walks of life, all sectors in the market. You can be diversified with uh, 2025 stocks. You don't have to own, uh, I think the Norwegian Wells Fund owns like 8,000. But they're heavily concentrated, I'm sure, in a lot of their uh, top uh, top bets. But I totally agree with him. He says, Lily and NVO. To me, this is one of the holy grails. Weight loss is one of the holy grails. The first time I saw the holy grail was back in uh, 2000 when uh, a company came along with the with the weight loss drug that was kind of a miracle drug. Uh, it was more on the uh, you know like speed. Was that the Fed? Fen Fen? Yeah, not good for the heart, right? (laughs) No, people started keeling over from heart attacks, and they pulled that from the market. That changed the whole clinical trial landscape. Every clinical trial now has to include uh, an impact on the heart. And uh, so far, look, losing weight is good for your heart. Uh, so anyways, Zepbound and Wagovi, the only FDA-approved medications for obesity, uh, their valuations have surged 87%, 65% over the past 12 months. And really, this whole thing is really just getting going. He says, and I totally agree, the, sto- the story is far from over. So obviously, these are two of our biggest uh, 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 holdings here at Gunderson Capital Management. And they each could be trillion dollars. Now, in the meantime... You know, I mean, you buy a, 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 a healthcare ETF uh, or a pharmaceutical ETF, and you're going to get Merck, you're going to get Pfizer, uh, you're going to get Glaxo, you're going to get Novartis, you're going to get all these companies that really haven't come up with anything. Yeah, and look at Novartis's uh, look at Novartis's uh, you know, report yesterday, and horrible. Look at, and look at Novo Nordisk's from yesterday, yes. right? Okay, I mean, it's it's that whole concept of the best stocks now. It applies to the market. It applies to uh, different sectors and industries in the market. Well, Ron DeSantis won against Disney yesterday. That was kind of interesting. Disney sued him about free speech, and the courts in the Florida dismissed it. Disney is not a best stock now. Google inks the largest offshore wind project in the Netherlands. All right, okay, Google's going to run uh, a lot of their, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, factory or their plant over there. That, on a that, lot of those AI energy. models. Yeah, those AI models run a run a lot of uh, you know, need a lot of power. A lot. I was reading a um, a story in terms of uh, you know Bla- uh, Blackstone getting into the um, to the data warehousing space, and they're building a huge complex. I want to say it's out, it's out west somewhere, Arizona, New Mexico, somewhere there, and I think it's in Arizona actually. And uh, and they're talking about the amount of power um, that that it would take to uh, I forget how many million homes just to know, power AI, right? Just to power the uh, you know to 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 power their facility there. So it's pretty uh, pretty amazing. I want them to give every college kid that checks into a dorm to go start college a little windmill and two solar panels and a little generator for their place. you got to run your place off of that. 
just, just as a dose of real. Now, Tesla stock is under pressure again today. That is just an ugly chart. Tesla now wants, they hate California. I can't imagine why. They want Tesla to incorporate in Texas. And the California counties are now suing Tesla over hazardous waste. I mean, they'll get you. They have nine days, nine times till Sunday, right, to get you somewhere. If they don't send in the health department, they'll send in the EPA. They'll send in whoever they want. Uh, in other news, Tesla has been sued by district attorneys of 25 California counties over its mishandling of hazardous waste materials. There you go. Well, More headaches. Yeah. Well, on the other side of the uh, on the other side of the country, of course, uh, that ruling in Delaware. I think I think uh, I saw. Uh, I think Elon sent out a message. Don't. You know, warning people don't don't uh, don't incorporate your business in uh, in Delaware. So Delaware is not the greatest place either. Yeah. Okay, now let's look at these Chinese EV companies that could crush our EV industry just by undercutting us, underpricing, selling cheaper cars. Neo had blowout deliveries, but you know what? They're going after the battery swap. I don't see that myself, pulling into a place and having them lift out those batteries and put in new batteries and kind of like a pit stop at the at the uh, Daytona 24-hour. That was, did you watch that on, any of that on Sunday? That was that was really neat watching yeah, all those Yeah, I can't watch cars. all 24 hours. I've, no. I've been, I've been, uh, I've, I've walked under that Rolex sign in the, in the, in, on Pitt Road, uh, during the, uh, Daytona 500. I've, I've, I haven't, uh, I haven't been to the, uh, I haven't seen the, 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 the actual Rolex race, uh, yeah, on TV, the, but yeah. And old Roger Penske at the age of 86, you know, still winning races. One, one, what? I think that's the first one he's won since, I want to say it was in the late seventies or so in terms of the Rolex, uh, in ter- terms of the 24 hour Rolex race. That was pretty cool coming into those pit stops. Well, anyways, that's what Neo does. I don't see it myself. It should have just been twelve hours, though. I mean, yeah, that, that Rolex only goes around. You, you, it only goes. It's only got twelve. It's only got twelve numbers. Yeah. I guess it goes, it's got to go around twice. <laughs> and then it all comes down to really the last five minutes of the race. Right, right? Exactly. that was the yes, exciting when it. they were all yeah. vying to win it, and it everything. Was. Uh, Xping, okay. You know, these Chinese stocks, they just look horrible. They look horrible. Uh, and yet the headline is Xping's January delivery soar by 58%. They have this new big, uh, the biggest SUV ever uh, uh, is all electric coming out of China. Try try changing the tire on that baby. You need like a, a forklift probably. Yeah, try, Etsy putting, pops. try putting 10 of those on the bridge. See what happens. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Okay, Etsy, there. you know, Etsy kind of needs uh, a little refreshing. Uh, you know, it's kind of gone the way of eBay a little bit where at one time they were, uh, you know, out there on the cutting edge, not so much anymore. Uh, then you got Royal Caribbean with record bookings. Uh, when we come back, we should talk about Qualcomm a little bit, uh, one of the old San Diego favorites. And then we'll get into a look uh, underneath the surface of the market a little bit here uh, to see what's moving. We'll be right back.
welcome back here to the uh, final segment of today's Best Stocks Now show. I just want to go through a few of these other earnings calls, and then I'm going to get to who is the most profitable and best. In fact, this stock is ranked number 39 out of 6,000 in my app, car maker in the world. We'll get to that here in a bit. Qualcomm shares, they're losing market. You know, Qualcomm had a giant hit back in the year 2000. Oh, around in that time frame, late 90s, when, uh, you know, they chose their technology for uh, the cell phone, the the CDMA technology. Qualcomm became one of the biggest companies of all time. Uh, At one time, the Chargers played in Qualcomm Stadium, which is not there anymore. The Chargers are not there anymore. Maybe with Harbaugh at the helm, I'll start watching a few Chargers, even though they're in the... The San Diegans just do not like Los Angeles, Barry. You know, we look at Los Angeles. So, uh, everything bad about America you could find in Los Angeles. But if anyways, I'm not mistaken, I think Philip Rivers decided to retire because he didn't want to go to Los I Angeles. I don't blame him. And uh, anyways, uh, you know, when they left us, uh, you know, that was like, okay, you're done. But, you know, with Harbaugh, and Qualcomm has never really been the growth engine. Over the years, uh, they've kind of re, uh, reinvented themselves many times. They're a major, they're a major uh, uh, employer. I had a lot of Qualcomm employees back in the day, and they really thought they were something else. I will say that. They had a lot of swagger, and, you know, because they were... We're so far out in front of everybody else uh, in the early days and all this and that. But, you know, lately, you know, the stock, their most recent report here, their their sales are up 5%, single digits. It's pretty much a single-digit grower these days. It trades at a very low PE multiple uh, in the 10 to 15 area because it just doesn't have the growth that it once had. But it's a $159 billion company. It just wouldn't be one that I, I would not consider it a best stock now. Uh, but there was a time, every stock, you know, a lot of these stocks really had their heyday. Uh, and for some of them, it, it was quite some time ago. Now, okay, we were talking, well, let's go to Merck. Merck, uh, they have Keytruda. They reported earnings, but they have not really had a big hit for quite some time. They What's got some Mer- patent cliffs coming up that they've got? To, they need they need to refill that pipeline uh, in terms of uh, finding new drugs before they. Well, get, uh, they're going to be buying uh, biotech stocks like Seattle yeah. Genetics and whatnot. Their growth rate is two percent. Okay, if you're looking for capital appreciation and uh, you've got a company growing their earnings by two percent, you can't expect much. In the way of capital appreciation going now, and they may come up with something here, but in the meantime, you know, uh, there's not really a catalyst there. Now, the one that's shocking to me, okay, this is the number 39, number 38. Uh, this stock is uh, up about five percent. It was up 61 percent last year. It came public, and I remember when it came public, and I. I didn't really know that much about their fundamentals and their earnings and their growth and everything. The symbol is race, R-A-C-E. And, uh, you know, they did win their division. That It's kind of weird how that, that uh, Daytona 24-hour thing is broken up into different, because there's cars from all walks of life there. 
you know, there was everything except uh, Kale Yarborough's uh, stock car <laughs> in that race. Yeah, yeah, it was right. kind of neat seeing all those different cars and whatnot. But look, Ferrari, from a f- standing start, went public in 2015 at 50 bucks a share. And not a lot of fanfare. Today it's $378 per share. They've consistently grown their earnings by 12% per year over time. They make more money on every, on their cars, a, a car that they sell, than any other car manufacturer in the world because it has that wow factor. You pay for that wow factor. And, uh, you know, they reported their earnings. Look at the stock breaking out today. It's up $33 per share. My valuation, which I've got a, I've got a, Sharpen my pencil just a little bit there. I show 160% upside potential the next five years. I think maybe I have to adjust my growth rate just a little bit. I'm a little too optimistic there. But I think the stock has the opportunity, the, the t- potential, just based on earnings and projections and its past growth, to double again over the next five years. So, you know, everybody thinks about GM and Ford and Tesla uh, and here you have underneath the radar a company that's kicking all of their you-know-whats uh, in in profitability and, and in growth, and, and it's Ferrari race, R-A-C-E. Okay, let's see, last but not least here, well, we could talk about tractor supply. You know, that's where uh, you go to pick up chicks in South Carolina about March. The chicks come in. <laughs> yeah, chicks and dog food. That's they we, lay eggs. You get food. some layers. Uh, I'm trying to figure out a place I can put them, and I don't know if my HOA allows that. Uh, but we did have hens. Uh, now, producer Greg, our producer, He's producing fifteen eggs a day with oh, his he's little got, flock. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's in the he's, he's in the egg business now. They're yeah, so he's well. in the egg business. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna start a website for him for <laughs> listeners of our show. Uh, delivered Best now eggs. <laughs> yeah, delivered to your door. We had a little flock of chickens at one of the homes we lived in in San Diego. We had a little well, kind of a. A little horse property, right, with some horses and some chickens. And I used to watch my wife go out there in her high heels and getting the eggs and everything. And the chickens would follow her wherever she went. She had about ten chickens following her. They were all different colors, kind of neat. But you know what? Tractor Supply at one time was one of the great retail stories of all time. I had the CEO of Tractor Supply on my show. Yeah, they're, they're out of Tennessee. Yeah, they right? built their. Yep, they built their uh, their their new head. The new headquarters actually got built right across the street from uh, where my office was in Nashville. But yeah, they were yeah. Uh, certainly a huge growth story. Now, not anymore. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. There's that. You want to own stocks when they're in their prime. When they're in that acceleration growth phase, and I guess that's where kind of the new America can slim, uh, Bill O'Neill, Investors Viz- Business Daily, uh, come in comes in, and you know the the crop of best stocks now. Uh, we never heard of an Uber five years ago. We never heard of an Airbnb uh, five years ago. We never took Wagovi for weight loss. That's all we call it, best stocks now. If you'd like to get the newsletter, I start working on that thing today. That is one of my uh, great loves of life, writing that for you every weekend. Go to GundersonCapital.com to get two free weeks. And, to, and to, uh, you know, question us about our money management uh, and what we do. 
855-611-BEST. 855-611-BEST. Have a great day, everybody. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Charles Schwab. Schwab is a member of SIPC and FINRA.